here we go. This is the Jim Huber Show. Look at all these scrubs on the stage. Opinions expressed on the Jim Huber Show are not those of Breakthrough Basketball, its management, any affiliates, or any other sane human beings for that matter. I wish I didn't have to wear pants. These are Jimmy's opinions that come from Jimmy's head. By the way, too, uh, I mean, what do you do when you walk into a house and there's a guy he's got a tank top on looks like uh, he wore it when he's in the sixth grade i mean seriously and he's got like he's he's got a farmer's tan <laughs> and he's got he, seriously he, he's flexing right now he acting like he's not he's flexing it's a good and it's look. barely making a ripple i mean i think my son grayson at 18 months has bigger biceps than troy should I take my shirt off right now? And show no, absolutely not. No, no, no. So, Keith, where are you at right now, by the way? Yeah, I am the head men's basketball coach at Ottawa University in Arizona, uh, also known as OUAZ. Uh, we're the Spirit, so that's our mascot, the Ottawa Spirit. We're just two blocks from the stadium where the Royals and the Rangers play, so we got a, a great location. And So, Matt, this is a brand-new college, right? I mean, it's brand – you're the first coach ever. You're starting the program from scratch. We are. So this is the first year, which uh, it doesn't exist, the thought of, well, let's just do it how we did last year um, because, because that's not uh, an available option. So we are creating everything um, from the roster to the schedule – uh, the schedule has not been overly difficult to put together. Yeah, everybody wants to play you right now. <laughs> Jesus, can we play you three times in a year? Oh, freak. Do you have, like, the first player yet? Have you found the cornerstone? Uh, I don't know if I've found the cornerstone, uh, but I, I do have ten guys um, that have signed up and uh, are excited to be a part. You know, we've had a lot of interest, a lot of interest from, from kids that are, are going to be freshmen. Uh, that, that you would imagine, uh, especially locally here. It's been a little harder to uh, get some of the older kids, you know, some of the transfers uh, going because of the unknown, and, and they're down to either one or, or two years left. So, you know, I think next year we're going to have some, some pretty talented kids, but the biggest problem with them is they're going to all be 19-year-old freshmen, and, and that's a tough group to compete against you know, 22, 23, sometimes at the NAI level, 25-year-old guys. Take me into, say, like a home visit or a phone conversation that you would have with a potential, you know, basketball player at your school or student-athlete. How do you start a program from scratch? How, how do you sell them on it? And what, do, what are you saying to them? The three things that, that parents, in my opinion, are, are initially concerned about uh, is probably first um, the academics which is um, a great question. You know, now that I'm a parent, I I'm, I'm, have a much better feel of, all right, how is mom and dad looking at this and this situation? And, and so the academic side of it is probably the thing that we have in place the best at this point. Um, the fact that we're a, a branch of, of the Ottawa University there in Kansas has been there for over 150 years, since 1865. Did they and buy an existing uh, campus, or how did they, w did you have a gym? How did this all happen? Here in Surprise, there's a there's a building um, that ha that houses all these things. It's owned by Ottawa, and we're going to use athletics to get this thing off the ground. We're going to have 20 different sports teams. How are you going to go about developing your culture? Well, culture is 
a real word and it's a great word, but it's it's a little bit in our industry cliche and um, of a buzzword. I mean, it, it it's real. There's a great article uh, written by Archie Miller as he takes over the University of Indiana, and so he's a new coach in a new program. Obviously, Indiana has tremendous history. But he was stopping short of using the word culture, and, and he said, you know, that's something that develops over five or six years. Uh, as he's the new head coach, and I thought this made a lot of sense, as you're a new head coach of a program, um, and, and we're super unique in the fact that, you know, our program hasn't existed before, uh, you have to find an identity. And so identity-wise, we're trying to do two things that I think are really important. Number one, we're trying to recruit Phoenix kids. Uh, we're doing that selfishly out of um, just need. It, it's financially the most um, makes the most sense for us to recruit local kids. Uh, but also, you know, that's where a lot of our support is going to come from, uh, just in the community. You know, kids that are of our talent level uh, at the NAI D2 type talent level, we're going to try to work really hard to keep those kids staying home. I think that's really Thanks. smart, Matt, because I think I think some colleges do the exact opposite. That they, yeah. I, I mean, I, I grew up down around Pittsburgh and Pitt State. They wouldn't the men's team. They wouldn't go after the local kids. They just wouldn't. But the women's team, the coach down there now, he's gone hard after the local girls, and it has built a huge following. And the the women's team outdraws the men's team like three to one in attendance. But that wasn't it because you didn't have a left hand. You you couldn't use your left hand. How did you expect them to recruit you? I'm trying to make a point. Jim has to get his dig in on me. <laughs> Troy, my scouting report on you from the day, and you'll have to remind him of this, was you had a left hand, but no one was able to stop you right-handed that you ever had to go to your beat. I just went right. I was like Havlicek. I just well, when you're right. playing 1A schools, that, you know, you're playing. it was a co-ed. He was playing co-ed. He wasn't playing all guys. Just a heads up, Keely. I, why, I researched why are, it. Why are and there were some farm animals, Why are basketball too? guys such haters? Anyway, oh, my God. Go ahead, so. Keely. All right. Well, the second thing we do is once we get our roster is because we're going to be young kids and different things, our point of emphasis is individual improvement. And so, you know, we're looking specifically not only for kids that, that are, are really good today, but kids that have some potential to them. Maybe they grow late or, you know, maybe they're not going to be great as freshmen. But if we get to work with them, uh, and, and that's not to say there's some great trainers out this way that, you know, only get to work with these kids twice a day. But if we have our in-season 90 practices and our off-season program and, and some different things where we're getting to see these guys every day, Individual improvement is going to be really big to what we do. And, and so the, the, the goal is, by the time some of these kids are juniors here in about you know three years, two years, depends if we get a freshman or a sophomore, people are looking at our team thinking, how did they get that kid? And it's more of a product of, of the type of kid it is in the sense that he came in with a certain skill set, you know, maybe a little undersized, a little undervalued, but went to work. And that's the great thing about the game of basketball is the more you work, the better you will get. And not to, not to give up the secret sauce, but I see kids that go into some programs and they get done, you're like, that kid never got better. So what are you going to do? What's your philosophy about getting someone better over those four years at your school? But you got to do as much diligence and homework as you can talking to the high school coach, talking to people that played against this t- kid, talking about – uh, to other high school kids, talking to AAU coaches, talking to trainers, talking to teachers, getting information from Twitter, anywhere you can go find information on a kid that gives you a little bit of glimpse of what his makeup is. And sometimes it's just having a conversation with the kid and, and asking him questions and seeing what 
you know, kind of passion he has, even in his response. It's not even what they say sometimes, but how they say it. You know, the, the eyes don't lie. They have those winning eyes. So, you know, that's part number one is just finding kids that, that want to get better. Back up on that real quick. So asking questions, what kind of questions are you asking, like, coaches or people you come in contact with or the kids? What kind of questions are you asking to identify that you're getting the right type type of player for your program? Well, the first thing I ask is, is – coaches is do they like being around the kid i mean if we're going to spend 90 practices together and we're going to play 30 games that's 120 days you know the basketball season we we traditionally play thanksgiving tournaments and we play new year's tournaments so we're spending holidays together uh you know i have a couple little kids myself that are going to be in the gym and stuff i have to find people that i like to be around matt would you take would you take matt a seven foot kid that you didn't like being around Oh, we would. Absolutely. There's always exceptions to every single school. And so the two things that make you an exception usually are size, uh, like you mentioned, was a seven-foot kid, or just the ability to flat-out score it. Um, Not necessarily shoot it, but just be a guy – you know, in the NBA, we look at guys like Ginobili for the Spurs or Kawhi Leonard or James Harden, who in the NBA game, you have to have somebody that when something doesn't work right, transition, your set play, you can just throw it to someone and they can bail you Make out. Make a play. So, Keely, going back to that, so you talked about you asked the coaches, you know, is this someone you enjoy being around? That's a question. I'm sure you get in and talk to them about what's their attitude, what's their effort, uh, whether they like as students, uh, whether they like off the floor, things so, like that. Yeah what you mentioned is how good of a student are they? Because, you know, as, as a new program, number one, we have enough things to juggle um, just with, with the everyday stuff of starting a new program that we really don't have time to babysit some kids and, and get them to class and, and, and some different things that, you know, sometimes some programs are willing to do. So you got to be a good student. You got to be a self-starter. You got to be disciplined. We are very, very protective right now because we get to be, because we're creating this thing of recruiting guys that love to play basketball, that want to graduate and be good students, and that that becomes the norm. So like you mentioned with passing the torch, when this group of guys becomes juniors and seniors or alums, they're able to immediately look back and say, not only are we passing the torch uh, to, to the freshman, sophomore, we began this entire legacy of this is the way we do things. And what a cool thing to do. You're not receiving something. You are defining. I mean, you're George Washington. You are setting everything up for how we're going to do things. Well, tell me this. So you were an assistant coach at college for how many years? Uh, I've done it for 10 years. 10 years. So 10 years, been assistant coach at college level, get your opportunity to be head coach. What can you tell, like, assistants out there that, that want to become a head coach? How did you prepare yourself, and what recommendation can you give to them and steps they can take to get themselves to be ready as much as they can to take over and be a head coach of a college program? There were two things, I think. Well, first of all, I was really fortunate. When you look at the state of Kansas, I mean, there are some great – there's some great basketball in the state. And obviously, right away, everyone thinks of Bill Self, who's – you know, one of the best coaches in the country. Not bad. Well, he's got a picture yeah. of. Where's that picture of? He's got like his arm around Bill Self, and it's yeah. like he's almost trying to kiss Bill, and Bill's coach Self's like trying to be get off me, man, like a stalker, well, Troy. We had a moment. They get they get upset 
when he gets beat in the Elite Eight. Um, so, in theory, he has the fifth best team in the country um, with not, you know, the fifth best resources. They're, they're certainly a blue blood, but Duke and Carolina and Kentucky um, are getting generally, you know, their pick of kids in a recruiting class ahead of, the, ahead of Kansas. Uh, and out on the West Coast, you know, you got UCLA and some of those schools. But Bill is finishing fifth in the country and winning his league and winning 30 games year in and year out, and winning is hard. And how spoiled are you as a fan base to think that, like, the Elite Eight's not very good? Hey, can I stop you real quick, though? Please don't yeah. sit there and make it out like Bill's got a bad situation, okay? I mean, seriously. I'm, like, looking at, like, the guy's got some resources, and they got a little – they got some culture and program going. So, come on, Keely. But go on, oh, buddy. Oh, tremendous. But would you agree – that the top kids in the in the country go to those other three schools before they go to Kansas, located in Lawrence. Top point guard. I, I, I would say I would say Kentucky is getting you know year in year out. Calipari's got it going, and Duke's been with Coach K lately. But you know even if you look at Carolina. Carolina hasn't had at times like I think Kansas has had you know high level kids or highly rated kids as much as they've had at, at times. Okay. So I mean, I just he, he's he's a great coach. He, he, I mean, the program. I mean, with what he's done, I'm just saying that he's got resource. But go ahead and talk about the other great okay. coaches Not my in point, Kansas. Though, but I work. I got to work for Coach Bob Shipman, who <clears throat> just retired this year, had a, over 800 career wins, and then of course Coach Rocky Lamar, who I played for and uh, most recently worked for, and, and he's in the NAI Hall of Fame. Both of those guys have won national titles. Uh, both of those guys have over 700 wins. So between those two guys, you know, they have over 1,500 wins and, and a couple national titles and, and multiple national Final Fours. So I was really, really fortunate to work for two of the legends, and, and that's not an overuse of that word. Um, but two things that I tried to do for as an assistant, um, number one was not tell those guys what they already knew. I mean, those guys – have forgotten more basketball than I know. But I just always wanted to give him another perspective and, and not be a yes guy, and, and in the right way. Not in practice, not in a timeout in the middle of the game, but in a, in a you know film session where it was just the coaching staff or something like that. Just offer uh, a sensible, different way of looking at it. And nine times out of ten, you know those guys that say, no, we're not going to do that. And, and ego-wise, you got to be fine with that. They're the boss. Uh, but every now and then, you know, they would they would pause and think, hey, that's that's something that's pretty good. You know, let's, yeah, let's let's instill that. So they don't need another guy as an assistant to think the way they do. Uh, so that was the first thing. And the second thing as an assistant, you want to make it so that their head coach gets to do as much coaching as possible and as little of the other stuff as possible. So anytime one of those guys asked me for something. It was, yeah, I'll find a way to get it done. And if I didn't know how to get it done, that wasn't important. Uh, I'd go figure it out, you know, but they, they have enough stuff. So you're just trying to take stuff off the head coach's plate as often as you can, whether that be something like recruiting or something like uh, travel, you know, getting the hotels and the everything and, and, the, and the vans and where we're going to eat, you know, just practice gym. You know, anything that is logistics and semantics, you know, at the higher levels, you have multiple assistants. You know, at the lower levels, it's just you a lot of times. Point guard, you are a point guard, you're an All-American. That's the most important player on the whole team. You're starting a program from scratch. 
who did you find and what makes him that guy? Part of leadership is leading by example. So you don't have the right to call your teammates on the carpet for anything that you're not already doing. So he's got to be there every day. You know, I think the point guard position is a lonely position in the sense that, you know, you have to put in more time than anybody else, and you have to be willing to say things to your teammates that they may or may not like to hear. And uh, so, so it's got to be a, a strong personality in that way. Uh, it's got to be uh, a guy that puts in a lot of time, and it's got to be a guy that, that can handle both success and failure because – um, in our program, we're going to give them the ball and we're going to um, praise them when things are going well. And we're going to put a lot of the blame and responsibility on them when things are not going well. So Kevin Eastman, and you hear a lot of coaches, especially him, talk about we learn in threes, emphasis of threes. And they talk about a lot of teams, you can only be good in really like three different areas. You're the head man now. You're making decisions. So what are going to be the three things that you're going to focus on that are going to be the identity of your program? I'm going to answer that question two ways. I'm going to answer on the floor and off the floor. Okay. The, the greatest coach in, in you know, college basketball history, arguably John Wooden, you know, developed his whole culture thing around the pyramid of success. With some of today's kids, you know, those things are even a little overwhelming. I mean, when you think about the pyramid of success, there's a lot of things involved there with the building blocks and the corners and different stuff like that. You know, I don't know if kids would take that much time to read all those things. So we broke ours down into groups of three, and ours is doing the right thing, doing more than your fair share, and being tough. And I think not only do those speak to how you are a really good basketball team, you know, obviously why all of us coaches do this is to help build young men, and those things go even further into doing that off the floor. So three things, doing the right thing, doing more than your fair share, and being tough. And inside of each of those, is another three. So what is the right thing? Well, we're going to be humble, you know, we're going to be thankful, and we're going to work hard. That's the right thing. Um, you know, what is it to do more than your fair share? Well, we're going to be accountable to our teammates. Um, we're going to pass the torch, uh, you know, to the, to the next group, and on and on. You get the idea. But the things that we do on the floor, um, if you're going to narrow it down to three, is the first thing that that I believe in and every coach says they want to play fast, but we are going to play in transition. And the strategy behind that is, um, and, and to play in transition, you have to find guys that are willing to kind of like have the hockey assist mentality where I'm going to just throw it ahead because that gives us the best chance. It might not lead directly to a basket. I might not get a stat for it, but it helps our team score. And the philosophy there is if we're not the most talented team in the country, which there's only one of every year, and, you know, as great as our resources are, we probably don't have the resources to be the best talented team in the country. We want to play against teams that are more talented than us uh, and score before they have a chance to set their better players up in front of our players. So we want to go score and play three-on-three or, you know, anything less than five-on-five is an advantage of the offense because of space. And, and and rules now with freedom of movement and getting to the free throw line. So throw it ahead, go lay it in. Uh, the other thing, you know, that, that we want to do uh, is, is defensively, you know, we want to take away 
your best player, but we also, I think, defensively want to have a little bit of an NBA approach where we're not going to let you shoot threes and we're not going to let you lay it in. So we're going to chase guys off the line, pressure people out on the perimeter, uh, as well as um, then not let you lay it in at the rim and make, make your not best player hit pull-up jump shots in our defensive schemes. And everyone does that different ways with how they guard ball screens and with how they rotate. But, you know, by and large, that's our thing. So go score quick. You know, defend in a way that you're, you're scoring, um, that the other team has to score in ways that they're, they're not comfortable. And then we're going to talk a lot about shot selection and field goal percentage. And, and, you know, your field goal percentage is really well if you're laying it in in transition. But eventually you're not going to be able to lay it in constantly. And so now you've got to run sets. Um, right after you play in transition where you try to get good shots, your best players are going to take the most shots, not an equal opportunity program. And they're going to take the shots that we want them to take. And then at the end of shot clocks, you know, we're going to have somebody that, that can go get us a basket. So those are, those are kind of our philosophies. It's definitely uh, offensive heavy. You know, I think it's easier to recruit guys that are good offensive players and try to teach them to play defense than it is to recruit guys that are great defenders and try to teach them to play offense. Defense certainly wins championships, but outside of the University of Virginia, guys want to go score it. And, you know, Roy Williams has had great success coaching offense through the years. So he, he's certainly a guy, having been at Kansas, having grown up in Kansas myself, that, you know, I've looked at a lot in, in his philosophies and not only his transition break, but his secondary break and, and, and some of the things he does kind of over there with the Carolina way. You mentioned the three. You said – um, doing what's right, doing more than your fair share, and then you said being tough. Toughness is best defined, you know, I think um, it was a Bill Self quote or someone like that, what is doing the right thing when it's not the easiest thing to do. Uh, but basketball is such a quick-moving game. I mean, it's so fluid, offense to defense and offense to defense. And we all know that bad things happen. You know, adversity happens. And so the, the way for a basketball player to be tough is to not be uh, emotionally affected from when bad things happen. You know, it could be a tweaked ankle. It could be a bad call from the official. It could be a decision from your coach. It could be a turnover from your freshman teammate. It could be the fact that you can't hit a shot tonight and you're the scorer. But by and large, you play long enough, bad things happen. And who do I have on my team that will con- continue to compete in the midst of when bad things are happening? We're on the road. Someone's yelling at us. You know, whatever it is, uh, toughness is simply, to me, you know, a, a kid who is um, willing to continue to compete when maybe they've been embarrassed. That, that's probably the one today that, that frustrates me the most is a kid. One of my favorite clips, uh, Larry Bird is one of my you know favorite players. I'm a little bit of a, a throwback guy with Larry and Magic and, and Michael Jordan. I'm a big Mike's greater than LeBron forever, no matter what guy. But one of my favorite clips on Larry Bird is when he gets hammer dunked on by Dominique Wilkins. Because Dominique is coming down the right side, and he's the human highlight film. And Larry Bird is not that athletic, right? But Larry's whole mindset is Dominique's going to dunk it, and i got to try to stop him. 
and he's not worried about ending up on a poster. He's not worried about, you know, all of a sudden maybe being embarrassed or being on Sports Center, the wrong side of Sports Center top 10. All he's thinking about is I got to find a way to stop Dominique from scoring. And he goes and jumps and tries to block Dominique, and Dominique just absolutely hammers it on him. And Larry runs to the other end and probably drills a three. You know, I don't know what the, the result is, but. Guys that don't care about themselves, that are willing to make the right play, they're not scared to take a charge, they're not scared to dive on the floor, they're not scared to dunk, get dunked on. They're just playing this play right here as hard as they possibly can. If I had eligibility, I'd fly down to that Arizona place, surprise, and I'd surprise you, <laughs> and I'd step on that floor. Hey, I'll tell you what. Listen, we would I, all hey, be surprised. Hey, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be the defensive lockdown guy. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Put a glove on me and let's go. Hey, Waterboy, bring it to the hole. You're a smile. Woo! 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 Hey, what do you think? Did you guys schedule Trump University yet? <laughs> Did you get them on the <laughs> well, I will say this, though, Keely, I want, I'm wrapping this up. I know you well, and Adam Hefker, your assistant, and I will say that you guys are great individuals. Like when you have your core values, you, you are someone that does the right things. That if I had a kid playing for you, I would know that he's going to get mentored and he has good role models around him and you do the right things. And you guys work extremely hard and you truly care about helping other people succeed together and what you guys are going to do. I do see success for you guys in the near future. And Troy and I wish him much the best in, in what you do. Really appreciate it, Jim. And I think we are going to have fun out here. If you could pass that along to the mother or father of a 6'9 kid, if you find one out there, <laughs> uh, I'd really, really appreciate it. Head coach, Jim Huber. Are you listening? Uh, this is the last shot that we got. On the Breakthrough Basketball Radio Network.